I grind for the love of the game. Take so hot, made Skip Bayless retire. Our love for the game will never waver. Playoffs in sight. Let's work the wire. That's your best one yet. I love that flying Jack. So? Dude, I, I do. I do. A little convoluted, but anytime you can work, you can uh, throw some shade at Skip Bayless in your intro of your, your podcast. Why not? Yeah, right. Uh, no, that, that's strong. That's strong. Keep, keep, it, uh, keep it relevant. Well, happy Thursday evening to you. Thanks for welcoming us back into your ears. Uh, but it is Thursday evening. So in our world, Thursday evening means, means bowling league nights. And after some of the drama that went down last week with some, some some law around holes, and if you have three holes on your ball, you got to stuff them all. Some old timers kind of throwing shade at the young upstart squad, just trying to find their way. Do you have a name for this squad? Yeah, we are uh, Magoo's Sports Bar uh, in parentheses, unaffiliated because we're not actually sponsored by them. Um, so we just have to <laughs> throw that one in there. We will not go too much of a tangent. Did you try reaching out to Magoo's about true sponsorship and were you turned down or did you avoid it? You know, what's ironic is that this year they require sponsorship from a corporate uh, team or like or from a corporate sponsor for like, it's like 15 bucks or something like that. And uh, we like just haven't been there to ask them. We meant to like, but it, we just haven't. So we've kind of kept it out of the humor. <laughs> So you were just unable to get to it. So it's an unofficial yeah. sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which kind of seems better that way. Did you bowl today? Were you able to bowl? We did. We missed last week because of the uh, the whole stuffing drama. Um, yeah. They they kept us out of it. We had to give our ball. It's kind of annoying. like, But we had to give our balls <laughs> to some dude. He was going to take them to another city to get them filled. And then that guy took them further away. Like, so now, so now our balls are like 60 miles away. Okay. Pause. You were going to, so your team is having your ball shipped to fill a hole. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This isn't pure innuendo, by the way. No, (laughs) no, no, no. Yeah. So then they, they're now they're 60 miles away and a snowstorm hits our area, which like shuts us shut the whole area down. Um, so now it's been two weeks. We weren't able to roll last week. We couldn't get our equipment. And uh, we kind of were waiting around because they were supposed to show up on time today, and they didn't. Uh, so we ended up just having to roll some house balls. Uh, but I'm happy to report, even though we had to uh, just use rental shoes and house balls off the shelf, uh, we still smoked the old ladies we played against this week. Oh yeah, you played a. Did you actually play ladies, or you're trying to diss the dudes? All right, Bob. One second, people. We'll be right back uh, with this uh, this message. Wait a minute. Are you, are you using an antiquated term to call your opponent sissies, or were you playing a team of uh, a team of ladies, older ladies? Oh no, no, no. These these are all like well retired ladies. Like what? Like these are pretty old women. Uh, but we spoke them. <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah, no mercy. That's so classy. I finally did get a picture of you and a couple of your league mates with your bellies exposed. I hope you didn't expose them to those ladies after that you won your game. Show a little class. No, we waited till they left, but we had the we had the <laughs> uh, the, the woman that runs the league take that picture, and she was like, she's like, all right, I think I've seen enough of uh, your guys' skin for a little bit. Well, uh, we'll have to get a fantasy bowling league so we can commit full time to this pod um, as a spinoff. So. Um, Shoot us a message uh, on Twitter or, you know, email us if you're interested in a fantasy bowling league pod. But uh, but for now, we do fantasy basketball. So that was my very smooth pivot. So today, our topic is we're going to get into some waiver wire names. But today, we're going to look at them with the fantasy playoffs in mind. So every player we're going to talk about today uh, is going to be a little more roster specific. These aren't must-own guys in a vacuum that we're like, this guy has to be rostered. This is more like specific to the situation you're in. So, you know, you might be in the playoffs already. You might be fighting for a spot. You might be locked into your playoff spot and just kind of there. Um, so that allows you to prepare for the playoffs completely um, without worrying about the, your remaining regular season games. So that's going to dictate your moves. It's going to guide you. Um, so these are players that should be on someone's roster for the fantasy playoffs but they're not must-roster players in all situations. That's kind of how I approach my, this list. Let's say you there, Nate. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, 
it, it is interesting because like everybody's league is, is starts at a different period in time. Right. I mean, we're talking about, you know, do you start, you know, next week, you start in two weeks. Uh, but I think it's all relative or I mean, it's all relevant information. Um, especially, you know, I think is depending on where you're at in the standings. I think depending on where you're at, you're going to either take this information, you know, and this is really helpful right now. Or if you're fighting for a playoff spot, then that's a completely different story. And uh, and I think some of these things you should absorb, but, you know, kind of put to the back burner. Totally. Yeah. And there's some interesting trends happening that this isn't exactly vetted into the science, but I feel like the games and the outcomes have been really unpredictable since the All-Star break. And I don't know if that's because teams aren't exactly sure what direction they're going or there's new pieces that are getting acclimated into their respective offenses or schemes, you know, what it is. But, man, the results are just all over the place. Have you noticed that? Just like, I mean, you know, one day the Magic are beating the Pelicans and the Pelicans are smacking the Blazers in a must-win game, not to keep it too close to home. The Warriors just just stomped the Clippers tonight, Thursday night. Didn't see that coming. The Clippers have been playing very well. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's no predictability. And so if you're trying to make parlays or you're betting on game outcomes, it's 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 wild out there right now. Yeah, I, I definitely was expecting after the All-Star break to see like some stability, at least for a week. Um, you know, you know, once you get into that, like the actual grind of the NBA, then you kind of get into that. Okay, well, this team is playing, you know, three games of four nights. Let's let's kind of think about that. But, you know, at this point, you kind of thought, all right, everybody's rested. Everybody's kind of as prepared as everybody's looked at the schedule. So I was surprised to see some of that uh, unpredictability as well. But I think that's probably realistically, that's kind of the fun of the NBA is this last quarter of the season is shit just goes crazy. And it's so hard to predict. And, uh, and I feel like that is especially true in the fantasy playoffs, just because, uh, you know, you've, you've built a team in one direction and you need to be, um, you really need to be willing to pivot, uh, in the playoffs and in the managers that are unwilling to, are going to fall by the wayside, um, and so I think, you know, and maybe you're about to get into this and, and, uh, and I'm really interested to hear some of the guys that you're, uh, talking about picking up, but, but I think, uh, kind of before we get into that, the, I think the most important thing is, um, and, and you've talked about this a few times on the pod before is know your weakest link, you know, and, and know who your cut is. But I think when it comes into the playoffs, I think. It, and it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think you need to be like, okay, this is my streamer guy. This is, or these are my two streamer guys. I think you really need to say, all right, these are now my four streamer guys. You gotta be ruthless okay. as hell. You know, you have to be. Yeah. And I think you, you gotta be willing to cut guys. And, and because I think, especially once you get into the playoffs too, is there's less teams that are out there picking up your drops too. Um, you know, I mean, you know, there's going to be teams on buys. There's going to be, there's still teams in the consolation tournaments, but some of those teams are going to be checked out. So I think even if you drop a guy, it's, it's, it's easier to get those guys up, get the guys back on your team, but don't be afraid to, uh, to, to cut guys or even, even top 75 guys for the season. Totally agree. Yeah. And no, I'm thinking about certain players like, Hey dude, like, you know how much I love Scotty Barnes, but Hey Scotty, if you're acting together, you know, you got to go for a streamer. Like, I, I'm sorry, dude. Like, right. once we get there, it's going to get real. Uh, so there's been a lot of mystery uh, surrounding the league in general and coming out of the All-Star break. And there's no players to me more mysterious than my first player, and that is THT, Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, he has not been uh, a flying J guy over the years. I've not always been a huge fan of him. So, yeah, he's one of these players that, like, I feel like, and we've talked about this, by the time you pick a guy like THT up, you already missed that hot run. You already missed your window. You know, he'll, you'll be like, oh, crap, he's going off. And then you'll pick him up, and he'll just turn back into a turd. Um, so I wanted to look into it a little bit. And he, the stats he's putting up are, are mind-boggling. So Taylor Horton Tucker, just to get some, some uh, meat and potatoes here, in Yahoo, he is shooting guard, small forward eligible. ESPN, both of those, plus the point guard eligibility. He's actually running some point right now for the Jazz with uh, Colin Sexton out. 32% roster on, ES, or, uh, I'm sorry, on Yahoo, 9.3 on ESPN. So 
Since the All-Star break, he has played three games. Uh, two versus the Spurs, one versus the Zombie Sonics of OKC. And in those three games, he's had 16 turnovers. Wow. 16 turnovers in three games while averaging 2.3 blocks. So just a perplexing dichotomy from, from a guy who, you know, has always been a high turnover guy on, on his career. He's averaging 0.4 blocks. So, again, he's a hard player to figure out. But if he fits your build, um, he could really be a difference maker down the stretch. Uh, he, you know, since the all-star break, which is three games again, small sample size theater, but in 30 minutes, he's given me over 12 points, over five rebounds, 4.3 dimes, just under two triples, those mysterious 2.3 blocks and a steal. Um, with 5.3 turnovers a game that would make peak Westbrook jealous. Uh, let's go with 38% shooting uh, from the field. He's had all six of his free throws. During the fantasy default uh, playoffs, which start March 13th, the Jazz have a schedule of two games, four games, four games. So THT is a player that he's always been someone I've kind of been hesitant to, to buy into. But, hey, man, if you need uh, just a blast of stats and you're punting field goals and turnovers, he's a sneaky pickup if he's still available um, and he fits your build. He's, he's readily available. Um, so, yeah, what's, what's your deal with THT? Do you have a history with him? Um, and then how do you see him with the Jazz right now? And um, would you sign off on him as, as a pickup for uh, a build-specific team? Yeah, I also had him as a potential guy to look at on, on my list as well. Uh, you know, I think that end of the playoffs, the, the double fours was intriguing. Um, and, and like you mentioned, I mean, 30 minutes a night is, is pretty great. Um, I've often thought he was an overhyped just because he was in a big market type guy. Right. Um, you know, I think he kind of got. He got that Los Angeles bump as they were trying to trade him. Like, oh, we got THD. Like, you know, we could throw him in if you could give us a really great guy, which I kind of thought he was always pretty overhyped. Um, he has been on a pretty slick run for the Jazz, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, and those defensive stats are pretty unsustainable. Um but, you know, and, and it's hard to say. I mean, the biggest question is, what are the Jazz going to do? I mean, everybody's asking that. Everybody kind of wonders how long Colin Sexton is out. What's their what's their long term plan? I I don't I don't hate the pickup right now. I mean, especially if you are picking somebody up. I think right now, if you're picking somebody up, and this is your your chance to have home run swing because as we mentioned in the past in in our glue guy uh, podcast is once the playoffs start, like you better have somebody that's going to produce. You know, there's no there's no more maybes at that point. Uh, but this is the last chance for a maybe. Um, and so pick him up now. If, if the jazz start to, you know, look like they're going to tank in the last, you know, starting now, then maybe that uh, 30 minutes a night is real like and ride with it. Yeah. But see, he seems to me like at this point, he might be a bit of a tank weapon. He's a high usage, low efficiency player who you can roll out there. And he's just going to be like, I got this. So he's a hell of a tank weapon. We should do an all tank weapon team pod at some point. Maybe that's that, that could be fun. Ooh, you I know? like this. I like right? this. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of thunder. Yeah, uh, and a lot of Ubre. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, there will be a lot <laughs> Who, of Ubre. Who's back and then and loving it, man? He's just right back to his old ways. So yeah, so Tim the Horn and Tucker again, and I will mention too, they actually signed Chris Dunn. Remember Chris Dunn. Boy, I was so high on him for so long, yeah. and uh, and now I'm shocked that he's in the league. Yeah, he's on a second 10-day contract right now, so he's getting some run in, in deeper leagues. He's a sneaky guy to grab for some production. Definitely not somebody you got to have. Who do you got as the next, uh, the next guy you got? My second guy I'm very excited to talk about because the premise of this podcast, you know, is came out of our last one, and it was, you know, a comment you had mentioned about – it's no longer time to roster theoretical upside players that we hope are going to pop. We hope we're going to get the role that they're just not getting. And this player, the first half of the season was the poster boy of that list. And I think due to some information, I'm going to spit at you. I think he's off the list and that is Tari Eason. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah so I'm excited. So it's Tari Eason. We all know the boy. Uh, 
small forward, power forward eligible on Yahoo. I'm mentioning this because, again, uh, roster construction, incredibly important right now. So I'm just giving you that up front. Um, ESPN is only a small forward, which makes no sense because he had been playing exclusively at power forward until just recently. And the fact that he's getting run at small forward now is the reason he was able to make this list. So ESPN, that's strange. Also, 6.4% rostered on ESPN. Got to have a lot of dead leagues over there, man. So, Yeah, we should get on to ESPN. I think that's a good way to clean up. I think that's the lesson here. (laughs) I think so. So, yeah, Steven Silas, uh, the great guy, horrible coach. Um, He actually said that he's going to be trying a lot of different lineup combinations coming out of the All-Star break. So, yeah, uh, don't look down Batari. You know, every fantasy junkie's favorite preseason darling may be poised for a top 60 finish to the regular season, and he does need to be on somebody's roster for the fantasy playoffs. So his past three games, he's he's come in as the first reserve at the small checked in at small forward. So he's, he's before he was just exclusively backing up Smith and Shingun and playing mostly four. Um, so he has averaged 14 points, just under 10 boards, two dimes, a triple, 1.3 steals, and a block. And the Rockets do go 4-4-4 in your Yahoo default playoff schedule. So, hey, man, those that three-game sample size and the fact that there was the quote from Eason, or from Eason, from Silas, that he was going to be trying different combinations. And so far, that combination has led to at least 25 minutes in every game for Tari Eason. So um, I think now's the time to grab him and see if he becomes – a reliable part of your roster during the fantasy playoffs because the schedule suite, that defensive upside to get you blocks and steals and, and the points there. I mean, it's just, he has unmatched upside for somebody who is still rostered in under 60% of Yahoo leagues. So Tari Easton, um, I, welcome to the squad everywhere. I could get you or had room for you and uh, take a look at your team and see if you can fit him. And if, and if he, uh, he works for you, so let that sink in. Um, it's interesting because, like, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. In um, you know, we we talked about him and Kenny Martin Jr. side by side, and we each landed solidly on the Tar Eastern side of things. Uh, since then, I have actually flipped, and I'm on the Kenny Martin Jr. headhunter Jr. side of things. Uh, I'm on both sides. Still, you're on both sides. I mean, it, which is like kind of like the Boston. Backup court. I mean, with with uh, Brogdon and uh, uh, you know, in White. But right, you, know, so you, you you can like them both. But I mean, gotta, I think I think if I had to choose, I'm I'm surprisingly now I'm more on the Kenny Martin side. Not that I'm against Tari Easton because they do play different games. So we have Tari Easton has great defensive stats, and Kenny Martin is a little bit more scoring. Totally. Uh, so preference if you had to choose. Well, I think that Kenny Martin, the reason he didn't qualify for today's list is because I, I do view him as a must-roster player on someone's roster. He's, he's got a higher roster percentage, so I think he's floated a little bit away from the kind of players that I, I wanted to include today. So Kenny Martin is yeah. solidified above Easton to the point where Easton was just able to slide into today's list because there's been a change. But after the trade deadline, uh, KJ Martin solidified, and hopefully he's already rostered in your league, and if he's not, fix that. Good answer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, good point. So yeah, I think Tari's has been able to join the party here and, and, you know, there's, I'm doing a little bit of projecting, you know, um, that could still change. Don't attach yourself at the hip to him, but I think now's the time to try. I picked him up in, in one of my Yahoo leagues and I'm really hoping that this plays out so I can get that faux, faux, faux in the playoffs. So who's your, who's your last guy that you were hoping to highlight? Well, uh, thank you for asking. So, so my last guy, let's see if you can figure this out. Um, he has been a permanent stocks god his entire career. Uh, and he has shown to be very offensively challenged. Mm. This former Washington Husky is the Pac-12's all-time steals leader, just ahead of a guy named Gary Payton. Glad you brought him up. I, I had him on my, on my talk list as well. Making Glad to see him back in the Northwest. Who, who, owned. who are we talking about? Talk about Matisse Thibel. That's right, baby. Right on. Oh, yeah, we are. So, yeah, a shooting guard, small forward on Yahoo and ESPN both. Yahoo, he has just ticked up to 30% uh, rostered. ESPN, he's still at 3.9. So let's kind of fix that. Um, but, hey, man, um, if he's going to play around 30 minutes a game and flirt with double-digit scoring, he's got to be rostered by somebody. Um, 
you know, especially with Simon's re-aggravating the ankle injury. Uh, speaking of, you know, sometimes things feel like they're too good to be true. Well, they are. Yeah. They are. They are. Um, <laughs> so some quick yeah, numbers for you, and then, then I'll flip it back to you, because I'm sure you have plenty to say on Thibel. But the four games since the All-Star break, he's getting 31 minutes, 10 points, four boards, two dimes. That's just a really nice floor for the – but the, here's the party. This is what you come for. You come for the 2.5 triples, the 1.5 steals, the 1.8 blocks. He's shooting 54% from the field, and he's only taking one free throw, so he can't hurt you there. The Blazers' playoff schedule, 3-3-4. Three, three, so if he can give you 10 points a game and get around 25 to 30 minutes, he's got to be on someone's roster. Again, we're not using must roster in the same context because it's all situation specific, but um, yeah. How, how have you, how do you feel about him as a fancy player? How's he look to you? Um, and do you think that the minutes are going to remain? Well, I thought it was interesting the, the phrasing that you use. I mean, like this is the party you came for, for is what you, I believe you said were, I mean, you mentioned the uh, the one point eight stock, one point eight steals, and one point seven blocks, which is truly exceptional. I mean, that is just truly elite. Um, but the I think what's shocking is, I mean, you were mentioning like maybe that's the reason you go to the, you go to the party for those for those stocks. But then the threes is like you 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 heard there was a keg and you're like oh yeah oh, it's God. supposed to be natty it's supposed to be natty lights but turns out you get out there and you're like oh this is like Pliny the Elder keg and that's and that Pliny the Elder keg is him hitting two point three threes per game uh, that's shockingly above anything he's ever done in his career I mean he's point seven threes made on his for his career. And so like um, some of that is, you know, small sample size There's only six games so far with the Blazers, um, you know, it teams, you know, famously, I mean, we played the Warriors the other day, they pretty much chose not to guard him at all. But I think, it's, I think it's really encouraging because I think a lot of it is um, when you get into these NBA games is, is there's the physical element of it, but a lot of it is just that mental element of that swagger. Um, you're feeling it. You either you're feeling it or you're not feeling it. And he's clearly feeling it uh, being mm. in Portland. He's feeling confident enough to shoot those threes. Uh, you know, the the last game the Blazers played, you know, it was kind of this uh little Caesars pizza chip fest against the Pelicans the other night. What? Um but uh What are you talking about little Caesars? This is the secret sponsorship oh, you're sneaking in nah, no little Caesars is just the worst pizza and so i just thought it was a shit but uh really but um there was a play where he he got the ball like kind of pretty down low and he immediately dribbled it out to the perimeter to to then shoot a three and it was like oh this is a guy who's confident in his three-point shot yeah that's more conviction than the player i remember seeing in philly yeah and, and so i think once i saw that it, you know it was like okay if we're going to see some offensive output from him um, and, and clearly the minutes have been there at the moment. So I um, was excited to hear that you're his inclusion in your list, because I also had him on there. I think he's uh, depending on your roster builds uh, is, is a really intriguing player for the stretch run. Let me ask you a specific question. Let me ask you a very direct question. I'm going to shine one of those little lights into your eye. Like, that the police shine into your eye. If they pull you over and you've had a couple beers um, and they ask you how many cookies you've eaten. So if you had to, four cookies, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you had to fall on one side or the other, where do you fall? Matisse Steibel has finally fulfilled his destiny as fantasy's new Robert Covington. He is Roco 2.0, or we look back at this as a flash in the pan for a team that isn't sure what the hell they're doing. And so they were just trotting him out there for 30 minutes a game. Which side? God. Yeah. Man, that is just a terrific question. I just came up with uh, that. No problem. It's really good. And it, and it really <laughs> is is difficult because my heart my heart has always been like a big Thibault fan. Same and, here, man. Same and here. I, and I've thought that if he got that this I thought that this could be him. Um, you know, and so I do I don't I don't think the two point three threes is real. Um I don't. But uh, but point seven I, is too low as well. I think uh, I'm excited to see him as a 30 minute a night guy. I, I think his realistically, I think his his 
Um, and, and being the dog as a Philly was too low too. I think, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's closer to what we're seeing now. Um, and so I guess I would say if I had to choose one or the other, I you would have to. Close. I'm going to say it's real, but I, I think it's, um, I don't think it's completely real, but I think it's, it's closer to real than it is fake. Let me put it this way. Um, the Blazers retool next year. They come back stronger uh, and they're a clear playoff team. Is Matisse Thibel a top eight player in the rotation getting enough minutes to warrant being on a fantasy roster in nine cat all season prediction? Let, let, let me, let me throw it back to you with a different question. Do you think Matisse Thibel is better than Al Farouk Aminu was in his prime? Oh, the chief. <laughs> That's a good one, man. I like that comparison because Aminu was one of those players that like, well, I thought he got too many minutes. Yeah. I think he's a better damn player. Yes. He's better than Aminu. Yeah. He's better. Than yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. Aminu got 30 plus minutes a night yeah, playing he did. alongside Dame. And that's a great and, comparison uh, for fantasy. Put up, put up numbers. So I, I wouldn't expect, like, don't pick up, don't pick up Bible and expect a fit, top 50 player. But if you, if you're looking to get elite defensive production and uh, survive elsewhere, yeah, you should pick them up. Right on. So those are the main three dives I had. Matisse Thibel, my boy Tyree Eason, Taylor Horton Tucker. Who you got written down in your little paper? You guys, you got a well, little paper? We, we, we did have some overlaps here. So I have a couple like uh, questions for you. And the first one is um, – is I'm I'm uh, I'm going third eye blind jumper here. Like talk me off the ledge here. Um, and and that is I'm really getting close to like putting Patrick Beverly on my next must add player. T- talk me off of this because I'm I'm looking at his last two games. And I'm, I'm looking I'm looking since he's been to Chicago. Yeah. And his minutes per game have gone from 22 to 26 mm-hmm. to 29 to 33. Um, his last two games, he's averaging seven, eight, and six with three stocks. Is is this real? Like, it, 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 do, do we need to be picking him up? I I don't know. You know, you know when you mentioned that in the fantasy playoffs, ideally you could turn your one streaming spot into two, and you're turning through guys. Beverly is a guy that if he's available, you pick him up. You get the stats and you toss him back when it's no longer advantageous schedule wise. There's somebody else there. He had that eye popping line the other day. I believe he had four blocks, 10 rebounds. um, And he's getting the minutes in Chicago. It's taken a little bit away from the Caruso, your boy. Um, But yeah, I think, I think Chicago is going to play him in the mid twenties for the rest of the season. I don't think he's a player you have to keep. But I think he's a very valuable player to turn through for value off the waiver wire. Yeah, I think that's. I, I was just curious. He seems like he he's kind of occupied that that Caruso uh, role that we thought that he, that Caruso was going to, to handle um, or Ball was going to handle. So, um, and we've seen this we've seen this last year right, for stretches out of him as well. I I he was one of my favorite streams in Minnesota last year for like short periods. Mm-hmm. If you just needed stocks yeah. and you needed threes. Oh yeah. Um, but we just haven't seen him out of him this season. So I was kind of, it kind of came out of the blue and I was like, well, is this, is this, is this real or is this not? You know, I think if he can get a role like he had in Minnesota last year, he could be the eighth or ninth best player on a fantasy title team, huh. you know, depending uh, on. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, depending on build. Because, yeah, last year with Minnesota, I thought he couldn't stay on the court. So, But he was close to must roster as far as what you were getting. He was one of the more underrated nine-cat players last year, Pat, Pat Beverly in Minnesota. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Let me ask uh, you a question, and this might sure. be something you have already pondered. Are you messing with – so just kind of giving a general fantasy advice to folks listening. Is there any reason to mess with this mess in Detroit? as far as the bigs, as far as Marvin Bagley and, and James Wiseman, who were kind of the same player, you know, boards and rebounds, empty calories. Jalen Duran could be back very soon, but they're putting up numbers right now. Like, it is, is it even worse burning a waiver move? Barely got that sentence out. But where are you at on those two fools? Are you ignoring them, or do you think that maybe one of them could stick and we're seeing something real? Well, I'm actually a little mad at you. Uh, because, Don't be- well, no, I, I am. I am. It's fine. It's but, mad. like – He's mad yeah, it. it's fine. But because I, so. I had written down to ask you about this because I have no fucking idea. Uh, <laughs> it's show me your I, paper. Can I see your paper? Yeah, Is that true? Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, no. It's, 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 it just, 
all it mentions is their roster percentages, and all of them are so there. There's four. They basically they're four big men. Um, you know, Bagley's is their is their highest at two percent roster. Too high. Duran Duran has been kind of injured. Yep. You know, he dropped down to forty. But all four of them are kind of in that. Uh, they may or may not be available in your league, um, and they're all really intriguing. I think at this point, and uh, if two of them are down. The other two can't pop. Uh, and it's interesting because they all have different skill sets a little bit. So, you know, Duran obviously has the, has the defensive upside. Stewart kind of hits those, hits the, kind of hits that three and D ish a little bit or three and rebounds. I he's guess. He's willing, to, he's willing to take threes and he can rebound. Yeah. Uh, the Bagman, I've treated him a few times going forward. I mean, uh, Marvin Bagley, he's, he's, been putting up good scoring numbers and rebounds when he's given that like uh kind of focal point opportunity. Uh and Wiseman has been putting up a really good field goal percentage since he's come over. So I don't know. I I it's something no NBA franchise should do that, Nate. No NBA franchise should ever give Marvin Begley that focal point opportunity. No, no. We shouldn't we shouldn't be put in a position to talk about this. No, we shouldn't. We all they should be playing Jalen Duran 30, 30 plus minutes a night, and these other guys should be playing ten minutes a night, and that's that's it. Um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, if there's if there's fancy production to be had, like you, we need to be able to hop on it. And sure. um, so, I think that is something. You know, as we go forward, you know, I kind of have written down. You know, as we talked about too on these glue guys, like. Um, once we get into the playoffs, you eliminate your theoretical guys and you move into more of the glue guys, real production. That being said, if there's uh, injuries or focal point uh, opportunities, then you switch. And I think the Detroit center lineup is, is something to monitor. You know, if two guys are shut down and, and you have the opportunity to pick up, you know, I really don't think it matters. Like, uh, who's being who's being focal? I mean, who's being uh, started? I think you pick them up. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. In the Detroit situation specifically, I'm not afraid to miss out on that production if if I don't have anything obvious to cut. So I haven't been willing to to you know cut any anybody of value, even though there you might see a you know 21 and 11 game in the box score and that player's still on the wire. I haven't had a player in any leagues that I'm willing to cut for that right now. Um, if it was solidified, if Jalen Duran was out for the season and it was clear that they were locked into a role, then I might feel differently. Um, very similar to Dennis Smith Jr. in Charlotte. You know, with LaMelo going out for the season, there's clarity. It's very clear what Dennis Smith Jr. brings. And so he didn't make this list because there's been a lot of buzz about him this week, but I will mention uh, Dennis Smith Jr. as a player that should be rostered in every 12-team league by somebody uh, because you're getting a big handful of steals, you're getting assists, a trinkle of rebounds and points, um, and you're getting really high uh, free throw percentage. So he's an obvious one. Another classic is our boy KCP. I didn't mention Pope because he's rostered in most competitive leagues at this point, Mm -hmm. but... Like we mentioned, this is a time where someone like KCP needs to stop finding his way back onto waiver wires and needs to find his way onto a roster throughout. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are, those are really strong points. I mean, like that's, especially the Charlotte one. I mean, he's Desmond Jr. is kind of the tank proof guy. Um, you could see some of the other guys having awesome value over the next week or two, but, um, but, kind of fading potential or getting shut down. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard. But again, like that's why just just remain ruthless. If there's a one game stream you need, then for instance, Dennis Mitch Jr., I cut his ass today because TJ McConnell, uh, he didn't get the start in Indiana. But when I saw Halliburton go out, I was like, yes, I need four steals today. I'll I take my four steals and I'll move on. And our league is just shallow enough to where I could probably get Dennis Smith back if I wanted him. Um, but you know, I actually have Fox and then I'll spot to take him out. So that's very team specific. 
But I bring this example up to just remind you, um, just do everything you can to win within reason. Um, so a lot of these names today aren't players you have, you have to bend over backwards to get, but they're names to look at to solidify your roster going into the fantasy playoffs or trying, trying to finish up your regular season. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I just have two questions uh, going forward on two different situations. Um, yeah. The first was on uh, the San Antonio Spurs, oh, uh, specifically on their big men uh, lineup. Wondering about of, of these four guys, who you're, or, or really of these three guys, who you're who you're prioritizing, um, and how aggressively are you? So you have Jeremy Sohan, um, Bates Diop, um, Basley, uh, or I mean, uh, I mean Basie for for like a backup one, and then Collins as well. So Zach Collins is a must roster player, and he is the most tank-proof player on the Spurs, um, you know, with an asterisk next to it that there are no tank-proof players on the Spurs. Um, but his role seems to be the most solidified. His production's been steady. His minutes have been very steady. Uh, this is a great question, by the way. So, so very high in the power rankings, looking down upon everyone is our boy, Crunch Time Zach Collins. Next up, I have Jeremy Sohan, um, I love his stat profile, but they're kind of jerking us around as fantasy managers with his availability, and it isn't always clear why. Um, so there's been a little bit of hanky-panky with him, but obviously and they have a two-game week next week, so if your playoffs start next week, um, you're really not going to be picking up any of these um, margin, you know, right on the margin spurs. Two-game week, that's a killer. Um, I would hold, I would hold crunch time Collins if you could though, but I would drop Sohan if my playoff started in a two game week next week. Um, I would not worry about Bates Diop in any situation. If you find yourself in a situation, where you have to pick up Bates Diop, delete your team and stop playing. Wow. Kids. <laughs> well, really? I, I have no interest in Bates I mean, Diop. He's averaging 30 minutes a night for them. Uh, um, minutes isn't one of the nine categories last I checked. So yeah, that's, that's true. But I mean, he's averaging 10, five, Two and a half with 1.3 stocks. That's not uh, intriguing enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I guess his role is fairly, I've literally forgot the man existed and then I see him. I'm like, God, he's been in the league for 19 years. But yeah, he's a guy, he has legs and he knows how to dribble. But yeah, sure. Like, okay, he's a really low end, like player that you could have to solidify a roster in a deeper league. And a 14 teamer, he's got to be on a roster, actually. So I'll correct by Steven a little bit. He just maybe I almost fell asleep when I had to talk about him. Um, uh, the Goldfit, <laughs> uh, Charles Bassey, um, is a permanent monster in the making. I like his outlook. I like, uh, I t- but he's a turnover monster too. Uh, his line, it was all in the single digits. Um, shout out Haley triple single. Um, he, he had four turnovers and then like sit, it was a combination of like six, four and five, something like that. So his, his calories, as far as turnovers are very high for what you get. But you get stuff. So he's he's a nice streamer if you just need, you know, a trinkle of stats. Um, and they have, a, you know, two games in three nights. You could grab him, drop him back right. to the wire. He's someone to use when needed, uh, you know, st- stir um, and stir. He seems like a home run swing. Like, it's it's Sunday. You just need to, like, right. like all right, sure. I need something crazy to happen if I'm going to win. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the anti-trusting. Yeah. yeah. Is the anti I'm trusting an 18 minute a night guy. Exactly. The Spurs are going to be very frustrating down the stretch. Uh, I am a Devin Vassell owner um, in two leagues. I was really, really happy to see him come back. Was, you know, it was kind of right on the timeline that they talked about, but just get ready for some, some silly stuff. You know, I actually tweeted out from the projecting the jump Twitter uh, when Devin Vassell, um, when the news came out that he was coming back and also Trey Jones, he came back today. And, and I just, you know, wanted to remind y'all to spur at your own risk in the fantasy playoffs because it's going to be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, like definitely look at, look at the uh, number of games they have going ahead, but they do have that same profile that the Thunder have had in, in years past where yeah, it just, it's, this. A, it's a spread shot of minutes and, and that's tough. Um, which, I mean, speaking of the Thunder, I'll just touch on real quick before I ask you the touch last on. question here. Um, the guy that I am not picking up yet, but I am aggressively keeping an eye on as as the fantasy playoffs pro- as progresses, Jalen Williams, the Arkansas Jalen Williams. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the big, the now, big guy. Yeah, he's he's entered the starting lineup. I loved him in Arkansas. I don't know if you watched many Arkansas games last season, but I loved the way he played, aggressively taking charges, uh, high energy guy. And this year, he's kind of over the last. Uh, you know, we we talked about a, a couple months ago about you know their the shooting chops or the shooting coach at, at Oklahoma City. Um, kind of being, you know, potentially work as magic and it hasn't worked on Lou Dort, but it seems to be working on Jalen Williams where he's shooting threes and hitting them. Um, and so this is somebody that I'm, that I'm really paying attention to. Um, his minutes haven't really been there per se. Uh, you know, he only played, he only played in seven games in 2022. Um, but then now he's kind of, has been kind of picking up, he's averaging, uh, what is that? 22 post post all-star break. Um, I do think that if the tank sets in, then we, you could be looking at a really great pickup here. It's a good, um, this is a good one. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is a must mention. I, I would also mention that my favorite thing to do with the big guy, Jalen Williams from Arkansas is to throw him in a two for one with another player to, to a buddy that you know is drunk and just hope that he thinks it's the Bronco Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Ooh, ooh that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, uh, my, like my favorite move back in the day was first round of an auction draft. That's uh, Curry, Seth, baby. Yes. Throw, throw in Seth Curry <laughs> for like 20 bucks and just see if somebody else like bids him up accidentally to 25. This is, this is from a man that named a fantasy team. All S Curry's are equal. Which I thought was a little like, like it was like, okay, dude, you're trying to do too much. But then over the years, I've grown a real nostalgia for the name. You know, at first, I was like, come on, dude, like it's a fun pun. It's not a fantasy name. But then again, you did name a fantasy football league, drank beer, took a wiki leak. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah you- <laughs> When you name a team, like you don't do it half-heartedly, you know. Like, oh. You gotta give some thought to that. Come on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a craft of yours. I will. I mean, I actually went through your trophy case the other day just to see the evolution of your team names. So that's really uh, cool. I, I have a life. Well, I appreciate that shout out. That that, uh, that <laughs> means a lot. Um, so my last question for you is: uh, as if you're entering into the playoffs right now, and you're in a hey, I need. I need points in threes or I need, I really need points bill. And I, I got four guys for you. And I'm just curious to hear who you're targeting in the situation. Um, and, and, and how aggressively. Um, so of these four guys, which are probably on your way, right? I, I picked them all out because they're available in the majority of Yahoo leagues. Um, but that is Malik Monk, Hardaway, Camp Thompson, or, uh, or Hunter. Cam Thomas of the Nets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And Hunter of the of the Hawks. That's an interesting one. Uh, Malik Monk definitely has the highest ceiling. Uh, he had that 40-point game the other day against the Clippers, the second highest scoring game of all time uh, between the Clippers and Kings. Um, and, man, the chemistry he has with Malik Monk, that Kentucky connection, um, shout out big blue man. That was a fun season. I uh, saw them in person uh, in college. Um, I, I, he's unlocked something. He's, he's, tr- he's kind of trailed off a little bit just in his last couple of games. He's kind of, he does, he does ebb and flow, but uh, if, I definitely prefer Malik Monk out of those names. The, uh, the last one Hunter, I think it's gotten a little log jams with uh, Sadiq Bay there. So he is who he's always been. And if that's something you could use, cool. But for threes, I would probably target Monk. If you're just looking for a threes and scoring boom. Um, and then Cam Thomas is an interesting one. We need a little more information on his minutes. I do have him as a worse player in a deeper public league. And he's on the chopping block. He had 15 points and one single three yesterday. So right now it's all over the place with his role. He needs usage. He needs the ball in his hands. The problem with him is he's not a catch and shoot kind of player. Like he is, uh, he is like, let me, let me get into my bag and, and work and show you what I can do and take a guy off the dribble. So uh, the evolution of Cam Thomas is that he needs to become a catch and shoot player. He needs to be more of a role player. So he probably is, is the biggest wild card of the bunch. And then that third out of four. Hardaway. 
Timmy Hardaway. Yeah, man. I, he's just, he's a classic pick him up and hope that he happens to shoot well in that game. You can get six threes and 20 points out of him, or you could get two of 12 shooting for a three and uh, nothing else. So he is a boom bust pickup that if he has three games and four nights, you roll the dice. If you need those stats and you hope for the best. So now that I've thought through them all, I would have, I would have monk one. I would have cam Thomas two, just because he could still find himself into to a pseudo ghost, you know, go to score role along with Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um, so yeah, I would have uh, Monk, Cam Johnson, and then you never keep Tim Hardaway Jr. unless if you get stuck with his ass. And I feel the same way about <laughs> DeAndre Hunter. So I will, uh, I will just call those a tie for three for third. Yeah, you you don't want to stick with those guys if they're hot. You ride them. You kick them to the curb as soon as they you know go into a cold streak. Yeah, I I feel like all those guys you look when you're when you're kind of like streaming. It's like Friday, yes. or Saturday. They're always there. Like, you're like, dang! Like, dude's averaging seventeen points a game. Like, I and he's just sitting there on the wire. Like, how is he not on anybody's team? And you pick him up, and you're like, he's got two games in three nights. Like, right. you pick him up, and then you're like, come Monday, you're like, God, I'm so glad I have a free free spot now. I can drop this dude, even though like, yeah, they probably did average 17 points for you. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess I'm Monk. I, Monk had a really hot uh, start to the season. You're right. I agree. He's cooled off. Um, DeAndre Hunter, I'm curious about with the new regime trains in Atlanta. Uh, I guess I'm curious about how that all plays out. You know, I think Capella getting 35 minutes a night right off the bat uh, was uh, kind of eye-opening, <laughs> but he, but, you know, I mean, some of that was a Conwoo getting five fouls immediately. Uh, um, so I, mean, I think that's there's a lot, lot to question. And Hardaway has been getting a lot of good usage uh, along, playing alongside uh, Kyrie. It seems like Kyrie plays with them pretty well. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't have any beef with, with your rankings there. I think that seems pretty, pretty, pretty smart. Yeah, I don't get too attached to any of those guys. There's a reason why when you go through the wire, you see their names there. Now that I, I've thought about a little more, you mentioned the regime change with, with Quinn Snyder. I would give a slight edge to uh, DeAndre Hunter. In a deeper league, if these players are you know end up on someone's roster for the long haul, I would probably give a slight edge to Hunter over Hardaway with, with, with the nice little mystery box of the new regime. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, none of these guys are guys you're picking up uh, on a Sunday, but they're but they're probably all guys realistically you could find yourself thinking about um, on a Saturday when, if you, if you need to win a matchup. Yeah. And maybe just wait, wait till Sunday. Don't be afraid. None of those names are names you got to be afraid to lose. Funny enough, because I definitely picked up Malik Monk right when the clock struck midnight at some point this season that has happened. Cause I thought oh, yeah. I just had, I just had to have him. So, well, I, I famously Jordan Poole hit the waiver wire at one point in our, in our, in our combined league. And I put down a very yeah. modest bid on him because I was like, I got Malik Monk. He's basically 95% of, of Jordan Poole. And uh, that hasn't necessarily uh, been true. <laughs> right. It felt like you're sneaking one by. That's an interesting time for the waiver wire, because again, like there's a lot, a lot of, of rotations that are solidifying post trade deadline and all-star break and, and teams are becoming who they're going to be. So hopefully, you know, we know the silly season's coming, but hopefully some of these teams that are still kind of figuring out their rotations are going to make it a little easier for us in fantasy and with prop betting and all the different stuff we do uh, that we grind out here uh, to kind of project what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, it's been yeah. a bit of a pre-silly season, I feel like, after the All-Star break, but uh, but we're coming in the stretch. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I feel like that we can... We can count on going forward. I mean, we can count on Steelbridge Coffee. You know, we can count on getting that premium Northwest roasted coffee uh, at a really good value. And so, if you if you're the type of person that that really right. likes drinking good coffee and, and you don't want to pay a boatload for it, uh, I really would recommend that you go to SteelbridgeCoffee.com backslash PTJ, um, select four pounds of premium roasted coffee delivered to your door. I mean, you don't have to go, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to like wake up on a, on a Wednesday and be like, Oh man, I, I, I'm all out. You shouldn't do that ever. You should never do that because you're going to have four pounds of coffee at your house. Um, I would encourage anybody out there to check out 
steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ. Select select your favorite card and get that four pounds of carpet delivered to your house. This segment has been sponsored by Steelbridge Coffee. Quick question on coffee storage. So you, when you get the four pounds, do you put each uh, pound individually into a freezer bag and put it in the back of your freezer like me? Are you adult? I like to have the freezer bag along with the bag it comes in because I just don't want to think of any freezer bite crap trying to get at my coffee beans. I'm, I'm a freezer bag guy. How do you do it? You, you know, it's interesting that, that coffee has a little bit of CO2 off gassing immediately. Um, it's a chemistry thing. Chemistry corner. You're a chemist. Yeah. And like it arrives in, you know, at my house, we get it in, uh, in quart mason jars, uh, delivered to our house. And, uh, and when you release it, it has a little like burp to it. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I would have to ask, you know, uh, you know, a, an actual coffee scientist about whether that CO2 allows a certain amount of protection within the bag. I would imagine, I would imagine that would prevent oxidation, but, but I don't know that. Hey, John Klein, I would appreciate it for the people. And for me, I am one of the, I'm one of the main people. If you would reach out to a coffee scientist. I'll, uh, I'll make some calls and, and by, and by, and maybe next week we can do a fancy, fancy playoff preview and coffee, coffee mornings preview. We can do a little tandem podcast. We need more chemistry talk on this podcast as well. I so. think the people love the driest chemical talk. We'll talk about equations. We're going to talk about balancing the equations. We're going to talk about, uh, electrons. We're going to talk do- about, you know, anything people are interested in. Do you know if the chemistry brothers were actually brothers or just a clever name? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should just play them silently for 20 minutes and let, <laughs> and let, and let the people decide. It was actually the chemical brothers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I picked up, but yeah. <laughs> well, I am out of fantasy talk for the evening. Uh, I need to, uh, check how some of my bets went. I, it's been a rough, fairly rough week. As far as prop betting, I'm trying to venture back into the danger of single bets. Instead of, you know, combining three or four different lines, I'm dipping back into single lines, which I know you, you prefer. You know me, I'm, I'm very mild, better, but I've been on, a nice little, been on a nice little hot streak, been kind of building back up the coffers, uh, but that means four bucks at a time. Seven bucks, four bucks. Seven bucks. Well, for Natron Clean and for Rashid Wallace behind him, this is your boy Flying Jay. This has been your waiver wire fantasy playoff preview show. And we will be back to y'all with the freshest content very soon. Oh, later, Jake. All right, peace.